Welcome to a life well lived. Grow, preserve, and transfer your wealth with Ken Olette, CPM Certified Portfolio Manager and Founder of Orca Wealth Management. In this podcast, he will provide some clarity in setting goals needed to build, preserve, and transfer wealth and overcome some of life's financial obstacles. Ken provides actionable steps to help you plan through your financial ups and downs in a way everyone can understand. Join us on this journey where Ken will explore many financial avenues, drawing from his three decades of experience in helping others avoid risking a lifetime's worth of work and savings by not having a plan and a strategy in place. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to A Life Well Lived with Ken Olette. Ken, how are you today? I am fantastic. Thanks. All right. Well, listening audience, here's the deal. This is Ken's second podcast. The first one was his inaugural, and it really was just me asking him a bunch of questions. Half of the questions were about business, his history, a little bit about his education and such. And then the second half of that podcast was personal questions. So you get to know him personally. So if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it at some point. You don't have to do that now, but at some point you're going to want to listen to that for sure. Today's podcast, I kind of challenged Ken. I said, look, what happens if somebody reaches out to you and your team? I'd like to hear about that. I, I think a lot of people have issues with calling up an advisor, an insurance person, because they have all these preconceived notions, Ken, right? I mean, I, I'm sure that mm-hmm. you've experienced this in, in business for a long time. Oh, they're going to ask me a ton of questions or they're going to want to you know, sell me something, blah, blah, blah. We all have those concerns and fears when we have to deal with somebody in a professional manner like this, but we really want to just show the audience kind of what that looks like. Are you ready to go with that? I sure am. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Basic question. Somebody hears something on this podcast or any of the other material that you're putting out there and say, you know what, I'd I'd like to, I'd like to give that team a call and see what they think about my specific situation. And they give you a call. What happens from there? Well, more than likely, you're either going to speak with one of two people. You're going to speak with my assistant, Don, who, um, who's been with me for quite a while, or I'm a little bit old school. So I actually answer my own phone. Nice. So you may even speak to me directly. And, and so you, yeah, you, when you call in, you're going to get somebody, you're not going to get voicemail, you're going to get a, a live body. And, and we think that's very important for that initial call and going forward, obviously, too. Yeah. I can't tell you how nice that is to, to have a human being. I, I was trapped in a virtual button pushing system. I can't remember even who I was calling. Oh, I think it was a doctor's office. Anyway, it was just like, I had to push like 17 numbers before I even got to the answering machine. I didn't even get a human, but I got to leave a message finally. So that was fun. (laughs) Yeah. We, I made a promise to myself that if, if we have a a business that they cannot, my clients cannot get voicemail because it just, they call it voice jail for a reason. And and people just in this day and age, they get stuck in that and they don't even know if it's going to be responded to. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's important that when somebody calls in, they, like you, you mentioned, they get a, a live voice, a human. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So what kind of questions are you going to be asking? In that initial call? Yeah. Well, it's really, I don't want to be uh, sound trite, but it's more of uh, just feeling out the other individual and we call it a fit process, right? So that first call is essentially 15 minutes max. I mean, if it, sometimes they do go longer and, and that's up to the client's discretion, but I try to keep that initial call pretty short mm-hmm. because we're just trying to really just find out what the main concerns that they have in their life. People get, as you mentioned in your opening, that people equate kind of going to the financial advisor on that first call like a root canal. 
I mean, they have to have all this stuff prepared. It's going to be painful. I'm going to be asked all these pointed questions. And that initial call is really not like that. It's it's more what keeps you up at night. What, mm-hmm. what do you worry about? What you know is legacy important? Are these what are the main issues that that you think about when you think about money? And that just starts the conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I think that once they've had that conversation, once you've gotten that, I'm assuming that there is a another meeting planned. Correct. That's going to be a little bit more in depth, and they can prepare more for it. Correct. Right, right. If I feel like it, when in speaking with the individual that um, there is a need for our service, that there is some way that we can help, I think that's that's the most uh, important part. And their history and and their personality, I feel like, is a pretty good fit for us. And we're and and it's going to be unlike doctors or any other service providers. Oftentimes, they may not have a good relationship with the people they work with, but mm-hmm. they have to work with them. I mean, you were unique in this industry. Is is that we get to work with individuals that we like. And so that first call is really just to find out if you like me and I like you and if we want to further the relationship. And so that's really all it is. It doesn't get any more complicated than that. All right. So let's talk about that next meeting then, because at that point, you both have made the decision, hey, let's let's move forward. I know that one thing that, that concerns me, and, and I know a lot of others, is that like with taxes, with any type of finance, I have to have all these documents ready. I have to have all this yep. stuff ready to go. What kind of things are you going to ask them to prepare or bring to that that next meeting? Well, I will preface it by saying that the second meeting is kind of the root canal meeting, right? Because because <laughs> yeah, we do have to have data. You, we can't form a conclusion and make a diagnosis in, unless we have the pertinent data about the person's situation. So we start that planning process right in that second meeting. And and I want to say all of this, it's really a three or four appointment process. Okay. So the second meeting would be really the gathering of all the data so we can assimilate that and make inform some conclusions about how we may be able to help. Oftentimes after that second meeting, there's really no place for us to, it's it's more verbal advice of maybe that, that something that they can do that's that's a tweak here or there. But it's not always it goes to a third meeting because there might not be a need for that individual for, for our services. So in that, that second meeting, we're gathering as much data as we can to find out where we can assist to make a meaningful difference in that person's life. Got it. All right. So that's, I mean, I'm assuming that you're going to want to know kind of what they're Maybe if they've got some property that they're holding, whether it's investment property, regular property, you're going to want to know what kind of insurance they're carrying, what retirement plans they may have through work or separate. Well, you're missing just about everything. I mean, we, we <laughs> dive. We, I love we, this. This we, is great. We, we make a real deep dive. So <laughs> if it is anything that can influence somebody financially, we would like to have a conversation about that and know about that. So we're going to ask for... Um, more than likely a couple years tax returns, two to three, so we okay. can get a flow of what's going on there and their capital gains and, and and income and distributions and things of that nature. We're going to want to see in terms of their property, their insurances, their car leases. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, an end-to-end process. So if it has a dollar sign attached to it, if you write a check or make a, a direct deposit to it, or you pay for it, we want to be able to see, okay, are you maximizing the dollars that you're doing in that that particular area? Yeah. And, and as I alluded to in our previous podcast that I've been in the business for three decades. So I know pointed experts in every single area, whether it be car leasing, property, insurance, taxes, anything. So it's not just me. We get everybody involved in this, taking a look at this situation. 
Okay, you bring up a really good point that maybe I have a CPA, right? Maybe I've got mm-hmm. my own CPA, or maybe I'm, I'm working with a, you know, a, an attorney. Do you replace my folks, or is this something that you'll work with them? How, how does that work? Great question. So, no, we hopefully we would be able to work with them. There are a lot of financial outfits out there that they do the taxes and the and the and the investment management, and they do the insurance. We don't do that. We don't think that that is in the best interest of the client simply because there's a reason why we have uh, a legislative branch of the government we have a house and senate and we have a mm-hmm. supreme court because all of them are looking over the shoulder of the other and keeping checks and balances so we think it's very important to work with a, with a separate third party from our organization who does the taxes who does the estate plan and things of mm-hmm. that nature so we all work together we're all looking over each other's shoulders and the only person that benefits is one person and that's the client and so that's why we do that so we don't replace the cpa unless the cpa is doing a really really poor job and we find just um, grievous errors mm-hmm. um, then we might suggest hey here's four or five people you can talk to that we've we found to be very competent and reasonable in price but that would be the only way. But we would prefer to work with their existing CPA and estate planning attorney. Gotcha. Okay. So I got a little confused there because of the, the order of these meetings. After this second meeting, is that when you're deciding, hey, we're moving forward? You've got all the documentation. You've got all the information. Is that when a plan is put in place or, or kind of walk me through that? Yeah, probably about 50-50% of the, the time a plan is we put together a written documented plan and a policy statement. But 50% of the time, there's more questions that need to be answered. There's more follow-through that we need to explore. Mm-hmm. There's usually conversations we have to recommend that we have with those CPAs or the estate planning attorneys that they're working. So there's further investigation that needs to be done so that that third meeting can often be kind of an extension of the second. But if, they're, if we've done a really – if the client is very, very organized – and I will say that that's a rarity. We're used to the client helping the client to get organized, and sometimes that takes some time. But if they are very, very organized and it's happened, we can proceed to that third meeting, some solid recommendations, and also just a plan that the plan is put in place. We require a financial plan that is complementary to the services that we do. It's, re- it's a requirement for every client we have. Hmm. Okay. All right. So, I'm assuming once a plan is put in place, that's when the decision is made. This is, we're going to move forward with this or you you wish them well and they're on their way? Yeah, exactly. They get to keep the plan. So like I said, no money is exchanged hands in, in these two or three meetings, wow. sometimes four. My feeling has always been since I got in, in, into this profession that you put your best foot forward and if your foot is well put forward, the client will accept it. And if they don't, that's we've still provided a service. They can take that plan and go to Schwab or they can go to Vanguard or whoever they want to go to. But it, we found 90% of the, our plans are, are robust, they're complete, and they, they serve the client and, and they end up doing business with us. Yeah, I can't imagine them not. Honestly, um, if, if you're providing all that and it's a solid plan, then I, I can see where they're going to say, hey, look, this is an easy fit. This is an easy decision at this point. <laughs> I'm not going to go through this again. <laughs> yeah, right? and, and there are times, Eric, where you'll get some clients that will say, listen, I, I just want to work with you. I just want you to manage this portfolio. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're sizable portfolios, and they, they would be um, – very advantageous, let's say, for the practice to manage that because they would be very profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, we turn those clients down. We do uh, if you do not if you do not have a plan with us because we're in the mm-hmm. business of success. 
I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, knock on wood, my success rate uh, since I've been in this business has been 100%. And you know, obviously, we've had good markets and things of that nature. But I contribute that when I say success rate, I mean, the plan is put in place documented to what the goals the client wants and it fills out its established goals so that usually means the client either passes away or something of that nature but Mm -hmm. we've done what we said we were going to do and we can't do that unless we have a plan and i found that out in the first decade of this business where you took on all comers and people didn't want to do a financial plan and the old saying you can't run east looking for a sunset and it's true, mm-hmm. and particularly in the financial world. So we are only interested in success stories. And so that the success is built on that financial plan. That is the cornerstone. That, that gauges the success. Okay, so let's take a step back because you said something there. First of all, the, the plan that you have in place, we talked about the finances. We talked about getting all that organized. But there can't be a plan without goals, which you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So I really want to kind of dive into that. How do you, you know, in what meeting are you talking about those goals with the folks sitting across the table from you? Well, that starts the initial meeting. What is important to them? And then we fine tune what exactly those goals look so we can quantify them, right? So we can put a dollar figure or a goal. So this plan that we use is called Envision. And it's about 150 pages that we only give the client 38. I'll give every client 150, but usually the 30th page, their eyes start to spin. <laughs> so we don't give them the 150 page unless they request it, which is which is rare. But then that plan, that quantifies all those goals in that second meeting where we really dial down on the data. And then in the third meeting, we present it. And then we fine tune those goals. Got it. So let me that ask you this. Have sense. you ever had a client that somebody sitting there and they have some pretty outrageous goals you know here's the thing i want to be i want to be a billionaire by the time i'm 55 (laughs) well you've got to stop flipping burgers and you've got to how do you have these conversations with folks that are that maybe just don't have realistic goals yeah great question and this happens all the time we'll get it's not only sometimes they start out with modest goals but then they don't stick to plan so the Mm. reason you have a plan is accountability right so the plan says hey mr and mrs client you are agreeing to do this. I am agreeing to do this. And what the agreement part that I do is pretty much predicated on performance and then documenting that performance, providing that in the distributions, et cetera, as the client ages. So if they do their part, I do my part, the goal, the, the plan works, but we always where something fell short, right? So if the plan falls below line, so we have a 75 to 90% probability we like to have the clients in. It's, mm-hmm. We call it the green zone, okay? If we set it up and you're in the green zone, then we if I do my part, you do your part, you're going to stay there, okay? What happens is when we do that initial meeting, as you alluded to, people will say, well, I want this amount of income, but they haven't properly planned. So then they would be in the red, mm-hmm. right? And we tell them that in that third meeting. Right? We say, well, listen, your expectation is something that cannot be met. Now, you might be able to meet it by doing this mm-hmm. and this. Now, if they can't meet that, I can't take that person on as a client because, once again, we're interested in success stories. Yeah. Right? So if they have a, a, a skewed view of what their successful outcome will be, it's my obligation to tell them, hey, it, you're, it's not, the probabilities are not on your side. So either you need to do this or this, or we're not a good fit for you because we're probably not going to have a high probability of success. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, if if they're not willing to put in the work, that right. just makes that makes sense. It's like hiring a personal trainer. Here's the deal: I want to lose yep. 15 pounds. Well, first, put down that box of donuts that you walked in here with, <laughs> yeah, and right. you know, and you're going to need to do some exercise. Well, that doesn't sound very fun. Well, no, it's not fun. But here's the deal: is yeah, that if you want to hit that goal, <laughs> you got to do something. Yeah. So, in really the plan. When you look at it, too, it's like the initial plan, you get the agreement from the client. But maybe more more importantly is that ongoing. We'll talk about that in future podcasts, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But just to give you a, a quick little client story. So I had a client that we were in the green. The plan was great. And the, the client wanted to provide his daughter a, uh, a pretty extravagant wedding. And it was a second wedding. Right, so she had been married before, and he had paid for one, mm-hmm. and uh, he wanted to pay the other one, and it was going to be forty-seven thousand dollars. Good gravy! <laughs> yeah, it was a nice wedding. So we sat down, and I showed him, okay, well, you can do that, but let's plug it in the plan to see how that relates to your outcomes going down the road. Mm-hmm. So him and I had the conversation that yeah, you can pay for that wedding, but the outcome is going to be that she's going to have to give you that money back when you're eighty-five. Ouch. If it doesn't, you, you've just set yourself up for failure. You're going to fall short of your goals. And I think that is the beauty of a plan, mm-hmm. um, and initially setting that plan up, because like I said, the accountability, right? So if the client's going to do something, it's going to have a ramification. Yeah. If I don't perform, it's going to have a, ra- a ramification. And so that's why that plan's so important. Well, that's, it's great that you brought that up because that's exactly what I want to talk to you about in the next podcast is what does it look like if, if you guys have agreed and said, okay, this looks like a good fit and they're going to become a client. Mm-hmm. I want to know from that point, what does it look like? What kind of interactions are you having? So on and so forth. Can we do that on the next podcast? Yeah, I'd love to. Fantastic, because I've got my own scenario that I I think fits exactly what you were just talking about in my own life, which will be fun to talk about. And you can, I'll get on the therapist couch a little bit. (laughs) You can can walk me through it. (laughs) It doesn't have anything to do with the minivan, does it? It does not have to do with the minivan this time. That's for a whole other podcast. That's another therapy session. Excellent. All right, Ken, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm so excited to be on this journey with you to help to educate not only myself, but the entire audience. You are world wide, my man, all over the place. So I'm really excited to see where this goes. Yeah. Yeah. I've been brushing up on my Chinese, my Mandarin, so we can, we can get ones out in, out in China as well. So deal. <laughs> I think they need it. Absolutely. All right. Okay, well, thank you so much. And of course, our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to a life well lived with Ken Olette, founder of Orca Wealth Management. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Ken comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Orca Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to A Life Well Lived. Grow, preserve, and transfer your wealth with Kinolet CPM. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Orca Wealth Management, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualifying financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Orca Wealth Management, LLC does not provide legal or tax advice. Clients should seek the advice of a qualified attorney or accountant as necessary.